Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women, women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to, to expand, expand in faith, faith hope, and hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because, because they, they anchor us in something, something which can, can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. The scripture reading this morning is from John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. Uh, Because it's a gospel reading, if you're able, please stand. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Uh, Thank you, Rebecca, for that reading. Loved it. And thank you, Allie. Come on. That was so good. Frequently, I feel like when I come up to preach after the kids' sermon, I think it's already all been said. So just benediction, early brunch. I do have a couple more things to add, though. Come on. So what is the Easter story? Right? What is it? Sometimes it can get really theoretical. 
And you ask questions like, did it really happen? Or in what ways did it really happen? Or how did it really happen? Or what does it mean that it really happened for my life now and for the life to come? You can get really confused about all those questions, right? So I love that the story that we just heard includes weeping and searching and being confused and not understanding and friends. This story, whatever it else it's rooted in, is rooted in friendship. Whatever else is true about the resurrection, it's true that a man named Jesus invested his really his one and only life with a small group of people, just a few of which were gathered with him at the end. And especially Mary Magdalene. She is perhaps my favorite character in all the scriptures. Some historians really believe that she was the, the lead disciple. She couldn't be called that because she was a woman and in the first century, you know. But Jesus was closest to her, some historians think. Some historians think that she's the disciple that the other disciples listen to the most. And I don't know if that's true, but if it is, awesome. And this... This uh, tomb story seems to lend some credence to that, right? But in a world where about 2,000 people, civilians have died in the Ukraine, in a world where just next door in North Minneapolis, kids are getting shot still, how do we find real hope and have it not just be some songs that we sing on a Sunday morning and how do we get really honest about the fact that some of us are really still looking for Jesus and all we've found is like linen wrappings where Jesus used to be. And some of us are desperate to find a Jesus we can hold on to and touch. Am I right? Like some of us have a history of believing in Jesus and a history of believing certain things about Jesus, but for whatever reason, those things have died and they're laying in a tomb somewhere. But here you are showing up and maybe if we could have a one-on-one -on -one conversation together where you could be honest and I could be honest, we could talk about the Jesus we're still looking for and the hope we still want to have. And I think we can learn a lot from this Mary Magdalene. I think we can learn from her big emotions. I think we can learn from her uh, running to find Jesus, running to get the brothers, running back. And even when we read that the two disciples, Peter and John, come and they check things out, they investigate like two guys would, and then they leave. <laughs> But someone stayed at that scene. Mary Magdalene stayed. She stayed and she wept outside of that tomb. Why did she weep? Because she lost her friend, her best friend, her teacher, her leader, her mentor, the person that she placed her trust in for life, not in some weird, churchy, theological sense, but in a very real way, she placed her trust in this person named Jesus who claimed to have the keys to the kingdom. 
and not only to have them, but to give them away to his friends. He said things to them like, in a little while, I'll be leaving you, but don't worry, I'll send someone the Spirit to remind you of all that I've taught you of, because there's certain things that you can't know now, but the Spirit will remind you of those things. He said things to them like, um, everything that God has given me, I have given you. And he said, the way that you're gonna make it in this life is to remain in me, to remain in my love. He clearly marked out the main thing. When there were so many other things to think about and worry about and argue about, he said, listen, you guys, and this is me paraphrasing Jesus for sure, but if he was speaking to us from them, there's so many things you can disagree about, so many points of theology, but the main thing is remaining in me and remaining together as one. This is how the world will know you're my disciples, by the way you love each other. And all those things were rolling around in Mary's mind, amen. All these things were just as she was weeping outside the tomb. And then two angels <laughs> came to her and she's like, what? But you know, and all what it means to be an angel in the scriptures, the word literally means messenger. So what I take from this, whatever else you think about angels and white beings or whatever is when you are at that moment where you're trying, you're looking for Jesus, you're begging to find something that feels real in your hands, not just linen cloths, not just what Jesus used to be, but a real presence. I believe God will send you messengers. And those messengers might be words, might be poems, might be the laughter of a little kid like this morning, might be a word in a sermon or a song, might be the hug of a friend when you've been sick, those messengers that remind you that Jesus isn't just linen cloths hanging where Jesus used to be in a dead place, it's real. Aunt Mommy, and she, and they said, Why I are you don't want to do Genesis. Someone's taken away. A little the idea that I love the most. Someone's taken away my hope. And then she gets a tap on the shoulder or something. And someone that must have had dirt underneath his nails, someone that must have looked real normal, someone that she thought was a gardener, because that's what would have been, that's the only person that would have been there at that point early in the morning besides two angels, I guess. <laughs> Supposing him to be the gardener, she asks the question, they've, or they've, she makes the statement, they've, they've taken away my Lord, I do not know where they've laid him. What does it mean to meet Jesus and not know it's Jesus? <laughs> Have you ever considered how many times you've met Jesus for real? I remember one of my friends a long time ago was so serious about trying to meet Jesus. And he so believed that he would meet Jesus in the poor that he decided to, to like follow the teaching of Jesus literally. That if someone asks you for something, you give it to them. You know, like when Jesus says, like, hey, if you have an extra cloak and someone needs it, you give them your cloak. And if you have an extra, all that stuff. So he would do that. So I'm sitting there, my friend, and we're talking to in this caribou, this person who's sleeping on the streets, who's sleeping out. And we invited him in for some coffee. And um, 
he had this big fat wallet just full of all these papers and stuff. And it was all broken down and beaten up. And, and my friend pulled out his wallet and said, my wallet looks like it might be able to hold your stuff a little better. Do you want to trade wallets? And he's like, yeah. So they traded wallets. And <laughs> the guy looks at him and he goes to my friend, man, that's a really nice watch <laughs> that you're wearing. And I'm looking at my friend like, what's he going to do? He already gave his wallet. I knew how seriously this guy was following the teachings of Jesus. I mean, just literally to the word. And I'm looking at him like, what's he going to do? He takes off his watch and gives it to him. And this guy just put him on, you know what I mean? Like, what does it mean to meet Jesus when you didn't think he was around anymore? And what would it mean for you to be walking around in your life, at your work, at your house even? I mean, can you meet Jesus in the form of one of your people that you live with? That's tough. But what if? So finally, the only way Jesus is going to get through to Mary and show him that he's him is by saying her name out loud. Mary. And it was like scales fell from her eyes and she just said, oh, it's you, Rabboni, which means teacher. And then I think there's some stuff in the white spaces that's left out. The story gets left out a little bit here, because I don't think we go right to, don't hold on to me, woman, when Jesus says that. Hey, don't hold on to me, woman. And he says this thing about going and staying and going. I think there's about two hours worth of stories and laughing and weeping. I think they went off and got some bagels and brought them back, and they're eating together, and they're talking, and they're laughing about Peter and John, who left, and they're back sleeping because they couldn't figure it out, and they missed out on the big reveal, you know, and they're laughing about that, and Jesus is like, well, how are you going to tell them that I, I really am back, you know, and then are they going to believe, I mean, I think all that stuff was happening, because all that stuff would happen, right? We think about Jesus, you know, coming back, buttoned up, and no, he's who he always was. He was wonderful and loving, and he blessed Mary. And then she went back, and she, this woman, was the first preacher. You ever think about that? Of the resurrection. She announced the resurrection for the first time a woman did it. Yes. So probably only women should preach on Easter Sunday, right? That's probably should be the rule. She announced the resurrection of the Christ. And then Jesus hung around and forgave a bunch more people. And yeah, apparently walked through walls and cooked breakfast for Peter before he forgave him for denying him. How sweet is that? Like he cooked fish for him, you know? And said, it's okay. It's okay. Feed my sheep. He gave him a mission. I wonder if the Jesus that Mary believed in is a Jesus we could hold on to during these frightening days. The Jesus that knows our name, the Jesus that cares deeply about what's happening in the world, 
the Jesus that sends us to people who need help, and we end up getting helped even more than we help. I wonder if we could believe in that Jesus. I wonder if we could wrap our minds and hands around that Jesus, the Jesus of Mary Magdalene, the Jesus who makes all things new, the Jesus in whom we can place our hope and our trust for our actual lives, not in some weird theoretical way that you have to believe this or walk toward that, but in a way where you might ask yourself, well, what else are you gonna put your hope in these days? <laughs> for real, what else? And then Jesus looks at us like the rascal that he is, and he says, let's go do stuff together. <laughs> let's go make a little dent in this world for good. And then we do small acts of kindness because we're so affected by this Jesus who loves the world so much and as Robert Mulholland says, we learn how to be not in the world for Christ, but in Christ for the world. Amen? The resurrected Christ, living and breathing and leading and bringing hope to the hopeless, including me and you. Amen? How about it? Let's believe in that, Jesus. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscove.org.